Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to Brand Meet Creator Podcast. On this episode, we are going to be breaking down five ways to attract brands to your page. We've talked about pitching, but you know what? There is a better way to build relationships so that you can get them coming to you. I think it's so – it must feel – I just think it must feel so overwhelming because I do tell people all the time, like, don't cold pitch. Mm I just like think it's a waste of time. It's, it's so tough. this episode is this episode is really important because get drawing brands or drawing people from agencies or, or whomever else to your page is really difficult, but that is the best way to convert them into paying clients mm-hmm. because cold email is not it. Sister, it's, let me tell you know you. what it's it's tough because like I t- I teach people how to pitch. You know, and I have seen a lot mm-hmm. of success from it. All of my beginning success and collaborations was from cold pitching a thousand percent. But that being said, mm-hmm. what we work with our all influence management clients on now is so much brand strategy to get brands attracted to you because I can pitch all day long, literally all day long, and have one person maybe get back to me or I can do these five things and have them come to you and charge higher. <laughs> yeah. For me, what makes more sense is that these these things that we're going to describe have a lot more to do with like content yes. and what's happening on your page already, which isn't just attracting people to your page, although it is, but it's also like helping your community. Yes. It's also keeping you consistent on, on the platform. It's also, you know, keeping your creativity moving. So it, it's giving you multiple uses and there's a lot going on behind the scenes whereas a cold pitch is just a cold pitch the email goes out you may get a response you may not but it's not adding value Mm -hmm. anywhere else in your business strategy which is why I don't like it as much as doing some other things so let's talk about those let's talk about those other things and I think the biggest one the biggest one is stories yeah for me right a good use of stories is a great way to attract a brand to your page. It really is. And I think that advice comes across as so simplistic, like, oh, we'll just tag them in your stories. But it's seriously such a big one of number one, now you've given proof that your audience is interested in it. You've shown up mm-hmm. in their DMs because anytime you tag them in stories, voila, you're mm-hmm. right in their eyes. And number three, Three, you're now showing your audience, you're getting your audience used to your recommendations. So you're building trust there in general. If you're not recommending product, if you're not talking about product, what happens when you partner with a brand? They're not going to be used to that either. Yeah, uh, uh, 100%. And I think another great way to do it, if you haven't purchased the product before, if you haven't worked with the brand before, is also saying that this brand could solve your problem. Mm. So let's say you're like Harley and you're doing a DIY and you're like, you know, asking the audience, like, what's the best way to do the DIY? I just want to cricket. Next, my next story. (laughs) Yeah. 
just putting up, you know, the question and answer box and you're asking for recommendations like what's the best paint, what's the best glue, whatever it is. And you get a hundred responses that all say bear. Right. Then share those responses and say, bear, I'm coming for you. Like you could solve this problem. Like my audience all says that you're the best. Like I'm going to test it and see. And that really opens up the doors because not only is it showing that the audience is aware that bear is their recommendation, but there, it also sets bear up to be like, Oh, like let us get, send you the paint or, you know, let us collaborate on the room or whatever it is. Right. Right. I mean, even thinking about, I'm just going to lean in. I am a DIY account. I'm just going to lean into this. Um, So (sighs) if I'm talking Mm -hmm. about my little yarn project here, arts and crafts, Mm -hmm. um, I could have said, I am going to Joanne's today. I found an article recommending burn, burn, not burn, I don't even know, yarn, (laughs) yarn, brand of Mm -hmm. yarn. (laughs) And I'm going to go get a ton of yarn, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's that. I don't need to show it again. I don't need to, you know, do anything crazy. It doesn't need to be a hard push. It's come with me to do this. I'm doing Mm -hmm. this right now. Yeah. Um, And I think another great one is if you don't want to, you know, create the content while you're doing the thing, a lot of people who do those sort of like daily activities, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is what I did today, or this is what's happening today. And they tag, I'm going to this restaurant, I'm doing my workout here and blah, blah, blah. You're still flagging to the brand that you do these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So eventually it could become like, sure, I don't, you know, I don't record my Tracy Anderson every day, but I do it and I tag her every day. Right. And, you know, maybe they then think of you as an ambassador and you do start showing mm-hmm. the content, right? So it can also just be the mention of as opposed to the formal creation of the content. Exactly. Exactly. The mention of. I also think that the mention of other brands, whether that is a bigger brand, not even the brand that you're necessarily Mm -hmm. partnering with, can be Mm -hmm. an effective path because what then happens is you are in the tagged photos from that bigger brand Mm -hmm. and maybe you have smaller brands scouring the tagged photos Mm -hmm. to see who's tagging and who is liking this product. Yep. That's exactly accurate in the, you know, especially in the beauty world, we look to cast out of other brands tags that are similar to, or that are Mm like-minded. So um, I think, you know, recently we were looking to do some summer looks and it was a makeup company. And so we went through the super goop tags because we know they have a really strong network of people who are creating paid, unpaid brand fans, et cetera. And it was a great place to look at the style of people's content, what they were doing, where they live without even having to, do that much work, right? We're just right. going through their tags. Right. So that's a that's a great place if you are, you know, tagging in feed content, if you are part of like a bigger affiliate network or ambassadorship um, for a bigger brand, that can lead to smaller brands seeing you and reaching out. Do you look for brands that really have active social media? Does that matter to you at all? You say Supergroup has really active collaborations and, you know, they're working with creators all the time. Um, no, it doesn't matter. It, it matters more that there's the, that there is activity in mm. those tags. Mm. So however that activity happens, you know, some brands get a ton of activity in tagged media, even though they're not paying influencers, even though they're barely gifting sure. whatever else, like people are just obsessed with it. Right. And so you can find a lot of content that way or people, mm-hmm. you know, content that will flag, will this work for this right. other brand? 
But uh, sometimes we know, okay, uh, fashion, Rent the Runway has a huge ambassadorship. And we know that they have a lot of micro-influencers, a lot of people in um, not just coastal, you know, they're throughout all states. We know the type of person that they're going to be working with. So if we look through their tags, it's a better start than just saying, Mm. like, I need a fashion person, right? And starting to look. So I do think bigger feeds to little. What about hashtags? Yeah, hashtags I do think are important when it comes to geolocation, 100%. If you're like, I only need people in Austin, I only need people in this city or that city. Yeah. I I will go through it. Um, Or if uh, similarly to what we're saying with like the brand tags, some brands have like a really strong hashtag, the Glossier, Mm -hmm. and getting through the tagged media sometimes is too hard. So going through the hashtag could be good. Do you use location? We use location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably harder to filter through. We we'll use like the location feature. Yeah, because anybody mm-hmm. can be tagging it, so it's a it's a little bit dicier. And I don't know if this is how the Instagram search works because I haven't done this in a hot second. But on TikTok, you can search like words, and it pulls from words in the captions. Mm. I don't think that I don't know if you can verify or not that IG does that. Okay, I think you can do that on Google. I think. Th- or there's some there's really? something hmm. I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not going to talk. Never mind. <laughs> the other day, I was trying to help one of my clients try to get an estimate of how many impressions they had on TikTok mm-hmm. regarding a specific product, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a product. It was an accidental virality. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a product that we pushed. We had done, it was it's which is amazing, but I was still trying to help them figure it out. Um, so I typed in the brand's name and the product name into the TikTok search and it pulled anybody who had used that in the caption. That's amazing. It was really amazing. Yeah. So TikTok, TikTok, hello, say the brand name in the caption. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, TikTok's search first, search function works much more similarly to Google. Mm -hmm. And then it sorts it, of course, by most popular or like most liked. So based off of what the first 10 looked like, I was able to estimate Mm -hmm. for them, you know, how many impressions or views or likes they they had gotten um, on that. And it also lets you search via hashtag, which is much more specific, because then if someone spells it wrong or anything else, then it's not included. Or Mm -hmm. if they decide not to use the product and brand name hashtag, which is pretty specific. Right. Um, then they wouldn't get counted. So it was a huge differential. But yeah, I think uh, over on TikTok, describing things in a short way is really important. Oh, yeah. And you have very limited space. So it's it's an art. Yeah, it is an art. <laughs> that sounds funny because, I mean, it you have enough space for a one-liner and three tags, but it really is if that's your goal of searchability. Sure. I mean, they extended the amount of characters that you can use over there now, but still what shows up visually is very short. But it's still not the same as as Instagram. No. It's n- nowhere near. Oh, no, 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 no. Nowhere near that level. Although it's getting similar now because if, 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 you know, Instagram is having everybody post reels, well, most reels, you can only see the first line when you're visually watching them. Sure. You can't see much more unless you tap into it, which is like a chore and people aren't doing it. So here's another thing that I want to – pivot to is your profile itself. Mm, mm -hmm. Because I think this is a big hindrance for brands a lot of the time is you go to their profile and you're stopped in your tracks, not even because of the content, but because you don't see the right things happening. Yeah. I mean, I think the right things can be uh, a little bit vague, but definitely there needs to be a mention as to like what 
what the account is about, mm-hmm. what you focus on, the niche. I think the email visibility is so important, very high up on the list there in terms of both writing it out and making sure that the button is set up. And I have noticed that sometimes I like really hate the profile image people are using. <laughs> Maybe that's just me as a nitpicker because I'm casting so many people all the yeah. time. And I'm like, why are you using like this image where you're wearing sunglasses and I can't tell who mm, you are? Because um, you're a beauty girl. And- <laughs> I want to see the face and the face is all I want to see. Well, I I mean, the face is like what people recognize. Right. So it's like if I'm putting that into a deck for brands to review, like they don't, you know, I'm going to have to go and find another image of you somewhere in your feed where you're like, you're looking good. I can Mm -hmm. see your face. It's well lit, everything else. And then send that to them to be like, this is what that person looks Mm -hmm. like. So I watched you do a bio audit the other day. And Mm. you said something Mm -hmm. about being more specific in bio. Mm -hmm. And I think you made a mention to highlights as well. Yes, I did. So in the actual bio, I really don't like when people put generic categories. So this happens a lot, especially in the beauty and fashion world. People put beauty, fashion, lifestyle. Or they put empowering women to feel confident. And I'm like, what does that mean? Literally, what does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. What does that mean? So I, you know, I think one time I audited somebody who was a little bit older and their um, account did give a lot more tips and tricks for mature women. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's what the bio needs to say. Like representing the 40 plus community across like fashion and lifestyle or fashion and beauty tips or something, something that made more of a cohesive sentence. And this just goes back to elevator pitch. Like how would you describe your account in a cohesive sentence, not in bullet points that are one, a singular word, because those words are way too broad. Yes. Even if it's like motivational, like motivational is super broad. And it's so funny that we both say this, but I know fully Mm -hmm. well that both of us have redone our bios like 20 billion (laughs) times because honestly, just defining your character online is just really hard. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't think that we don't know that's much easier said than done. But yeah, just specificity Mm -hmm. is really important. Being really granular about but what specifically in beauty, but what specifically in fashion, Mm -hmm. what specifically in empowering Mm -hmm. women, what is where, how? Yeah. How? 100% that needs to be way more defined. I tell my skincare girls, tell me what type of skin you have. Yeah. If I'm a brand and I land on your page and I know you have dry combo skin and I'm launching something for dry combo skin, great, you're on the list. Right. If I have to scroll through a billion things and I don't know and whatever else, it's, it's just like more of a waste of time. So if that's a big part of your content, like you need to include it in the bio. At the end of the day, it's really exhausting to find creators. Yes. Because yes, you, it is. It, I mean, it is. It is. It's really exhausting to find creators because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there and you have the engagement of views. You have, is this content going to hit with their audience? You have, you know, everything under the sun and trying to play this influencer Tetris that we're always talking about and trying to fit them into whatever brand campaign that you're going for. So you you just have to say it once and say it well. 
Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where if you are lost in that area, I would hire a professional copywriter to help you because that one liner about you Mm -hmm. is so important. And mine was written by a professional copywriter and I feel so much better about it than when, I mean, I wrote it a bunch of times myself and I thought it kind of got the point across, Mm -hmm. but in terms of using language that I thought was more impactful, more Mm -hmm. interesting, hiring someone to write that one liner. And of course, you know, she did my whole website and other mm-hmm. stuff. And maybe that's not something that an influencer is going to do. But if you can hire someone on the hourly to get you a really strong bio and a single one liner that you think is really punchy that describes you and your content, I think that's a great business investment. Yep. Or a coach. Or a coach. Yep. <laughs> my bio audit is actually a pretty good option if you want a good starting space. Yeah. <laughs> or Sonia's lip service if you're a beauty girl. <laughs> yeah. Subtle Run, pitch. don't walk to, to the things that we do. Right, already. right. So what about highlights? Because this mm-hmm. is something that I run into with clients all the time. I'm always mm-hmm. talking about this because we always see people treating their highlights as a mm-hmm. um, personal photo album instead of a Mm. updated list of basically things you do. Yeah. I mean, I don't deep dive people's highlights all that frequently in casting. I can't speak for my team if they do or not, but I think if, if, I was a brand receiving a list from me, it would definitely be a place that I would go to. I would go to check the style of stories to see a little bit more about what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that since Highlights came out to now has been a long time. Yeah. And a lot of people were really excited about them at the beginning and they had a highlight for every trip that they went on. And there was just, you know, yep. there was a lot, a lot going on. There was on a lot. There. So making sure that you're aware and you have edited them since and remove things that are no longer necessary right. and really stick to things that you think are important. Like if you want to have one for a recent collaboration because it was a long-term collaboration and it's all there great. If you're redoing your house, I think that's a great one. If you, you know, if you're on some sort of a journey Mm -hmm. where there's documentation over months, yes, I think that is a great place to put it. Um, And I think a general about you or info on you is a good one too. Like just a few slides, three or four. I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree that that general about you, if you have a service, absolutely. But I think for... Mm -hmm. Specifically, I see this in my service providers. My entrepreneurs that have multiple streams of income will post all about their services and they won't post about their recommendations. And that's problematic Mm. for me because then when they're sent to the brand, the brand goes, but why would I hire, why would I hire this random coach to recommend a product? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to be said about a coach who is puts out very educational content all the time recommending a related product. So I think at that point, you either need a, you know, tools, resources, recommendations, like FAQ, I don't know, something that shows me yeah, if you're Or if you're an Amazon storefront type of person, I've seen some people who organize their Amazon storefront by season or by topic or by month. And I think that's a great way of doing it and keeping it in the highlights so that as you add more stuff, you, you can just keep sending people back there. There's a lot that you could do if you want to be strategic with the highlights mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But you, you have to actually do it and be organized and then continue to reference them in your stories another time. Oh, head to this highlight if you want to see right. the rest of my recommendations for July. Right. So real quick, mm-hmm. let's now touch on content. Mm-hmm. Like what type of content will attract the brand? Right. 
What what type of content catches mm. your eye? What do you need to see? It's less about the type of content and more about like the organization because mm. they're depending on the scope of work. I'm looking for a different type of content from everybody, right? So right now we are needing a lot more video content. So I need to see that there's reels. Yes. Um, and that you're posting them fairly regularly, mm-hmm. you know how to edit them, you understand, you know, the trends, mm-hmm. everything else. One thing I noticed that people don't do a lot in the influencer world, but they do a lot in the brand world is have uh, highlight reel covers that describe what's going on in the video once you click in. Mm-hmm. And to me, that helps me save so much time and it will to any audience, but definitely to brands when I'm looking for something specific as opposed to sitting and trying to watch all of your reels to find one that is relevant to the topic that I'm trying to give an example for. Honestly, I think in a a growth perspective, you need a cover image in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So takeaways, attracting brands. What's your, what's your biggest takeaway here? My biggest like soapbox moment is to incorporate more brands into your organic content and tagging them to get onto the radar over cold pitching. That is my number one biggest thing. I totally agree. I I think that your challenge needs to become as a creator, how often can I tag something? And it doesn't matter if you're talking about it necessarily or if you're just tagging them on your slide as you're drinking your coffee. It really doesn't matter, but you have to start incorporating those tags if you want to get in the eyes of brands. Agreed. Uh, We can't wait to see what you tag and what type of brands start landing on your page in the very near future. Let us know how this advice has helped you by DMing or chatting with Harley or myself on Instagram. We'll see you soon. 